This is Genre Talk. This is Genre Talk. This is Genre Talk. Genre Talk with Brian Thomas Schmidt and Peter J. Wax. And today's guest, Michelle Martin. Left to my own devices, I don't know what a script that I wrote would look like. People would talk a lot. <laughs> now, here are Brian Thomas Schmidt and Peter J. Wax. Hello, Peter. Hello, audience. How are we this week? Well, <laughs> as you know, I've actually recovered from being sick still, but uh, which is why I'm going to miss most of the next hour. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Actually, you know, it was a... Uh... It was uh, interesting to talk to somebody I don't know that well. And um, I, the, the guest is an actress who was connected to me by a publicist of a friend. She has worked with everybody from Ben Kingsley to Kelly McGillis. And um, let's see, she's worked opposite, uh, what's, what's his name, Julian Sands. Um, and she has done several movies. She's written and acted in several of the movies herself. She's also starred in other things. She worked with uh, Robert Patrick and Heather, Heather Graham as well. She's pl- done things on stage. She's done things, you know, uh, all kinds of different things. She is an up-and-coming um, actress. So you might not have heard of her yet, but she's in a, a Redbox hit called Coffin 2. That's ba- There's another Redbox thing called Coffin. She's been in shows like Assisting Venus, which she co-wrote. And uh, the indie film Blue was quite successful on the festival circuit. And um, she's doing a new modern-day adaptation of A Doll's House with Ben Kingsley. So, um, Michelle is a lot of fun. She's a big fan. And she's a self-professed geek. So you'll get to hear a little bit about that. What I wanted to do with this episode, what we talked about doing was... You know, there's a lot of stuff going on with women in Hollywood right now. Now, we're, we don't cover the negative side of things here. Um, with with the, the, the Weinsteins and all that, we cover the positive. So we wanted to highlight somebody who is making her own way in the industry. And that is Michelle. Um, I think Peter and I have talked, maybe not on the show before, but together about, you can't wait for opportunity to happen. You have to make your own opportunity. That's who Michelle is. Am I right, Peter? Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> Yes, uh, that is absolutely true. You know, you don't, uh, you, you can only get lucky once, but if you're out there being talented and, and pushing to succeed every day, it's, some, it's a choice you have to make every day. Yeah, and, I think you have uh, to put yourself in the right place to meet the right people. You have to not be afraid of the no. The no is not the deal killer. The no is just a no. And the next no can turn into a yes. If you put yourself in the right spot, and we talk about that with Michelle, and so I think it'll be real inspiring for everybody as a great way to start the new year. So, this is Genre Talk Episode Nine with Michelle Martin. Get links and notes from today's show. Find us at genretalk.podbean.com. This is Genre Talk. So our sec, our our guest for this women in Hollywood segment is going to be uh, an actress, and a producer, and a screenwriter. She's a, she's a, one of those hyphenates, <laughs> and her name is Michelle Martin. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here, Brian. 
So the first thing we normally talk about with our guest, Michelle, and we'll start the same with you, is what do you geek out about? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm really a geek because it's, it's, I'm a literary geek. So, you know, Shakespeare, stuff like that, which, you know, most people are like, oh, God, I'm bored already. You just say Shakespeare. No, I love, I love Shakespeare. Oh, good. Oh, oh, yeah. oh I'm on the right show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Shakespeare. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Shakespeare. I'm a writer. Uh-huh. And so is my, my co-host, Peter, who's not with us today, unfortunately. But um, we write uh, everything from science fiction and fantasy to horror. So mm-hmm. we're right up the alley with you. Some of the things you, you've done as well. Um, and well, so I've, I love Shakespeare. I've only done the one uh, horror thriller film. Most of the work that I've done is kind of classical in nature. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I just meant that you're familiar with horror. Because yes, you're in, yes. She's I she's in Coffin Two. After you've done Coffin Two, you become familiar with it very quickly when you're buried alive. Actually, when you work. <laughs> When you when you work in Hollywood, and I, I went to film school, and I was out there for a while, and I mean, when you work in Hollywood, you're kind of used to horror anyway, but that's a whole different conversation that we're not going to have today. Exactly. <laughs> no, I know. Thank goodness. That seems to be... <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad I'm off the hook. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I went to film school, and uh, I, I was out there working intelligent film for a while, and... Yeah, there's the there's the horror. The only horror we will talk about is the fun of uh, you know the the rejection and all the you know the you know the the egos that we have and oh ego bruises that we get from trying to make ourselves work that kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, so Michelle Michelle likes Shakespeare, which is really good. What do you, I who do. do you who do you like to read these days? Um, what am I reading right now? Yeah, what are some of your favorite things to? Geek out over, like, you said you're a literature girl. Other than right. Shakespeare, is there other stuff? Well, you know, recently I, I was preparing. I played Natalie Wood on stage where it's predisposed that uh, King Arthur and Natalie Wood are stranded, their ghosts, are stranded on the purgatorial island of Avalon. So I did a lot of King Arthur research. That's what I love about being, one of the things I love about being an actress is the fact that I get to do so much research. When I played Emily, she's a humanoid companion and a robot who has read everything. So from Tolstoy to H.G. Wells, so it introduces you to so much literature. I read tons of biographies on Natalie Wood. I just finished, and I got addicted to her life story and um, kept watching all her films and reading all everything I could find. So. Right now, I just finished um, a book about the Grimm's fairy tales because I'm doing an adaptation. So very cool. Yeah. I love the Grimm's fairy tales. Me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I am really when I say I'm a literary nerd, I really am one. So <laughs> no, that's great. We are too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really cool. See, well, one of the things I should say, uh, I've already introduced Michelle, but I'll, I'll repeat is, you know, Michelle do- doesn't just. Uh, act in the movies. She's actually produced and written at least four that I know of. There's three oh, that no, are out, just, right? Uh, no, I, I've only written... Well, I'm in The Last Rampage. I didn't write that. Alvaro Rodriguez, uh, Robert Rodriguez's brother, right, I think. The Blue and Assisting yes. Venus is what I'm thinking yes, of. And then two. the Frank and Judy show, which was a TV short you did. Oh, but you have a, doll, a Doll's House in pre-production, right? Yes, I, I did. I adapted... I helped with my uh, writing partner, Charles Huddleston. And um, some, you know, I, 
I, I come in mostly from an actor's point of view, I'd say, you know, creating the characters and the dialogue. He does the, the more technical adaptation. So he does, sure. he usually does the first draft and gets all of the, and then I get to come in there and do a lot of the creative stuff, which to me is just, Sam Shepard was saying, you know, that he approached writing the same way he did acting, you know, so I approach writing in a very actor sort of creative, you know, way. And um, left to my own devices, I don't know what a script that I wrote would look like. People would talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there would never be any scene headings. And <laughs> well, just a lot you know, of pontification. Yeah. Your character in Coffin 2 kind of talked more than the other characters, at least for a while, so maybe that's pretty Did that's she? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why they buried her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't be responsible for that. I didn't write that character she's uh no 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 it's, I, I, was, I was teasing you yeah. a little bit but you know but yeah i mean you've done assisting venus and you worked with julian sands yes, i believe on that I did. one and then, julian. and then you've got and then you've got blue which has gotten some real accolades at the, yes. at the film festivals and then you've got a doll's house coming up and you're working with ben kingsley of all people yes wow sir ben that's really really cool it is and of course of course the doll's house is an adaptation of a play it is a we, famous play by henry ibsen henrik ibsen henrik ibsen right we modernized it um turned it into it's not your great grandmother's a doll's house it's for a new generation we modernized it as a thriller in well, well it's really scary what's going on in modern day politics so torvald is uh running for Senate, Nora is his, his wife that he married when she was extremely young and impressionable. And like a lot of women in what we like to deem the flyover states, which now we're becoming further accustomed to the idea that this is a very different world from Hollywood. And Hollywood, I think, uh, really has to take a look at that because sometimes we're in a bubble in Los Angeles and New York, or we fly to London, and we're in a bubble. And I think it's been a huge wake-up call, and there's been no better time for this story because it's timeless, what's happening with women. So she's, she's 25, and she has two small children, which is hard for women in L.A. to understand, you know, but where, I, yeah. where I'm from, um, it's common. And she's stuck. So Nora is the doll in a doll's house, and how is she going to make her way out of something that has already been pre, you know, written for her, basically? So right. Ben Kingsley plays Dr. Rank, and Julian Sands is in this as well, our friend Julian. Oh, He's kind of playing the heavy, so it's the idea that during the financial crisis that everyone was going through a few years back, Nora borrowed a lot of money to save their house without her husband's knowledge. And now he's running for office. So we're, we did it in a very modernized thriller, a way that people can, even if they're not acquainted or not big literary nerds like me, they can still come into the film and understand from a very human point of view what's going on. So it's really cool. And uh, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Cool. Well, let, so let's let me go back a little bit because, okay. like, you were talking about where you're from. Now, yes, you were born in Mexico City. And you have a Mexican Mexican American father, right? That's what no. your bio says. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so IMDb 
is sort of, I found out, I didn't really pay attention to IMDb, but there's a lot of false information on there and uh, is fan-based. My father was born in Mexico. He was adopted. I was not born in Mexico. Um, But he did. He came to this country, and my grandmother, who's Jewish, adopted my father. So I come from a very eclectic uh, world. And so my you were, mo- were you, was the Southeast Texas where you grew up? Is that part true? Yes, that part's <laughs> true. And I did, I did, I did play Brigitta in The Sound of Music. Uh, that was my okay. first role. And my mother is um, Irish and German, uh, Jewish on both sides. So I'm, a, you know, so in the middle of Texas, it was an interesting childhood to be me. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, why no. I guess why I kind of lived in a different world in my mind, you know, because I I just had a very different perspective than what was going on around me. So right, and so you you and I'm you 25. Started I don't know. Oh. Oh, you're 20. You're 25 now. I am. Now? So that was a little wrong yeah, so, too. I think. So so 15 years ago, yes. you you made your debut at 10 years old. So have you always wanted to be an actress? No. <laughs> talked into that um I I was kind of well yeah I was kind of shy at the time which is hard for people to believe now but uh I read all <laughs> once I know st- it's funny it, I, I laugh because I have the same thing where people can't believe I used to be shy but I mean you know yes creatives we do kind of start that way but you have to get you have to learn what, how to come out of your shell to a degree it's hard you know, so. you know i think we yeah. i still am shy it's like every time i talk to someone i have to get over that initial nervousness and so i sure. think they thought it would help me and the artistic director i was waiting for a friend who was auditioning and um she was an actress she was really an actress you know and i was yeah. kind of a nerdy kid and um so the artistic director, she thought I, I don't know, she thought I looked right for the part or something, and there were tons of kids waiting in line with their headshots and their resumes and their stage moms, and I was just standing over in the corner, you know, thinking, what is this? And uh, it was a quite a large dinner theater, and I didn't know anything about acting, and she gave me um, the dialogue, and I've just immediately fell in love. I got on stage, the lights came on. It was like, in a way, it's great for someone who's scared of people because you can't see anything when you're on stage. You right, really are right. by yourself. And I said the lines, and it's like something happened. And then, yeah, I think at that moment, I fell in love with acting, still to my parents' confusion. <laughs> I, don't come from a, I don't come from a family who... Uh, is in any way related to the entertainment industry. Although they... See, this is another, they're entertaining. another aspect of where the horror comes in. It is in. the horror! Yes, yeah, <laughs> the horror! <laughs> oh my God, our child's an actress! <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They do that, like, <laughs> weekly when I talk to them. <laughs> Are you still doing that? Yeah, I have three movies out right now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually succeeding. I'm better. actually working. I'm a working actress. Well, my mom's always. Well, what do, what does that mean, really? I said, well, it means I'm I'm working <laughs> as an actress. Yeah. She goes, but what what are you really doing? I'm really working. <laughs> it's fun. 
So your first your first film, you had a couple shorts, obviously, but your first film was Assisting Venus, which yeah. you co-wrote and Charles, your partner, directed, right? Yeah, well, I did a lot of theater. Uh, Charles directed me in a play um, and liked my work and thought I'd be great for this role. And I spent about two, three months trying, he had this idea to uh, adapt the novella for Venus in Fur, which is some dark, edgy material. Not kind of my thing, because I'm kind of, I don't know. So I, I liked it, though. And so, like yeah. I always do, I started researching it. But I kept trying to talk him out of putting me in the sexy femme fatale role. I did not see myself like that. There's another character, the sweet, nerdy girl next door. And he said, no, no, Michelle, you have no idea. You're someone who walks through the world and has no clue who you are. <laughs> you look like which you know I don't know I guess it's good but um so <laughs> I had to act and I played her very different I gave her a completely different I had to in order to play her she was such a challenging character for me she didn't smile she didn't laugh she didn't blink I I, I, I joke and say I played her like a shark you know, a shark that just moves along so focused on who she is and, and uses all of those attributes that she has and lords it over people, which I think we all kind of, if we know ourselves at all, we know, you know, some of our attributes, but we don't use them to control people, but she did. And so she was an interesting right. character. I loved her. I love playing her. Each character I've played, I've, I've learned so much. I think I've been lucky to play lead roles, but I'm really a, a character actress. What don't you think that part of the part of the interesting way to learn is to play roles that are so different from you? I mean, I think that's probably. I mean, I, it sounds like you know the safe choice would be to play the the geeky girl right. that you kind of relate to, but the the challenge is to play the femme fatale mm -hmm. and, and to nail that, and it, and it allows you to stretch yourself and and become more in a way. It does. It does, and it was scary, and it empowered me in ways that I've. I've never been before, and so each character, I always joke and say I have character hangover. I was very weird after <laughs> I just I just shot a TV show where I played a, a robot, a humanoid companion, which are being created in Japan, and these girls, I, I think of her as a girl, I don't really think of her as a robot, but I learned so much, and people were a little creeped out by me after that, because I get character hangover. After I did Blue, I just kind of sobbed. A lot. <laughs> so you you take your work home. I do. I, I'm method. You know. I think I, I, by default. I don't think I planned on being method, but it just kind of happened. I I fall in love with my characters if I want to play them and play them well. I I usually become them. I don't know the, any other way to do it, really. Ben yeah. was talking yeah. about that. He said, "I want you to know." Sir Ben, Ben Kingsley, he was saying, I want you to know, uh, I want you to know, Charles, that I'm method, but I'm not that method. So at the end of the day, he'll still have a drink with you, but while he's in character on set, he's not Ben Kingsley, and I'm kind of like that too. And I think the, as a young woman, that has confused people. I think that's something they don't readily accept. They want you to be the person they know me as, the friendly nice, you know, funny, and I'm not always that on the set. I'm whoever I'm playing. 
and that might not be a particularly nice person. I'm never mean to anyone. I'm always, you know, just kind of polite and go to my dressing room and do my thing. But I think that's something for women. It's a, it's a really, and girls, it's a, it's a huge challenge on the set. You're professional. You could be aloof. But you're professional. Yeah. yeah oh, oh, yeah. I'd never be impolite to anybody, but um, I think that's very hard for people on the set to accept if you're a girl and they meet you as you, and then you come on the set and they're like, "What's wrong with her?" <laughs> it's. I think it's hard. I mean, it's it's always for me. It's one of those things. I admit, it's just it's discomforting to work with somebody method, and I have yeah, worked with people like that. I know. Sometimes because sometimes people yeah, they hear that and they just don't want to go near you, you know, and I don't even want to say it. They're like, "Oh God." <laughs> Well, some people do. I mean, like, I mean, some have reputations. Danny oh, Lewis right. has his reputation, though I've never worked with him. But some have re- reputations for going a little over the top with it. But I, you know, Jim Carrey certainly does. But look at, uh, but look at the I, work. I, I always say, look. Well, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, the work, the work. Yeah. But see, this is where it's a foreign concept for a lot of people who are not actors. They don't understand the the difficulty and the challenge and, and, and the sacrifice it is to actually be method. They look at it as more like, why is this person being a jerk? (laughs) Yes, they do. They do. They look at it that way. And and then I backed off of it for a while because I was working so frequently. It was so hard to go from one. I did The Last Rampage, and then I did, uh, no, I did Emily, and then I did Last Rampage, and then I went right into Coffin 2. So Coffin 2 was probably the first one where I just kind of, I don't want to say wing it, but I threw myself in it. It was it's wonderful in a way, because um, I was unable to prepare like I usually am, and it was empowering in a way to know that you have all the tools there, and at the end of the day, you can still be a friendly person. I, I had this idea that I had to be intense, and and yeah. now I'm a little more easygoing. Up. Well, I think the character in that in, in Coffin Two, Coffin Two, for those who have not seen it. It's the sequel to a very successful hit that was kind of a indie film on Redbox yeah. and did very well. In Coffin 2, there's five people who are basically taken prisoner, kidnapped by by a a, a serial a killer. Mad kind of car- a madman. A madman. Robert Meeks, he's great. He is a yeah. wrestler. Yeah, he he's is. awesome. I loved and, him so much. I'm so little and, and, and he's so big. He picked me up like I was a hamster. And one of them is the bad guy from the first film, yes, right? Yes, Johnny kind of, Alonso yeah. from yeah. Gotham. Yeah, he's he's great. And, and so they have to figure out how to how to either survive and avoid getting killed. Yes. So she play Michelle plays a character Olivia, mm-hmm. who is kind of like she's engaged. She hasn't. I haven't watched the whole film. Right. I've watched a half of it. But you're you're you're. She's much more friendly. Is what I was getting. At. Yeah. She's a, she's kind of a friendly character. So. Being, embodying that character on set, although she's afraid much of the film, sure. nonetheless would not tend to, in my opinion, make it hard to get along with people. Right, right. Well, I, the only day that... Oh, I, I got along with everybody. I I enjoyed filming that movie, and I enjoyed the cast, and I'm still really close friends with a lot of the people. We had a great time. Because with indie films, sometimes yeah. you're you're locked together. Well, we were, <laughs> we were locked together in a holding cell, and um, we couldn't move. Because we're paralyzed, yeah. and um, right. I don't want to give too much of it away. But, you know, that's it. And it's in the middle of summer, in a, the worst heat wave. We're in a warehouse. And at some point, it, it's just like, well, here we are. We're in this together. And it was they were a great cast to be in it like that with. Sure. So I had so much fun. 
And I didn't mean to, and I guess I didn't mean to say not get along. It was more yeah. of a just putting people, pe- making people more comfortable. No, that's what people yeah. do think. Yeah. And um, that's yeah. what I was kind of trying to dispel the the myth around that. Because you hear a lot of bad stories. But not all people who um, get into their characters or stay in character are going to treat people badly on the set. And I, I, I'd like for people to kind of know that. So when you say meth the word method, people get scared. (laughs) But Robert, Robert stayed in character. He was wonderful and still the nicest guy in the world, but he was very serious about, that was one of the first, um, Coffin was one of the first, Coffin 2 was one of the first roles he got where he was really able to be an actor, not just the menacing bad guy, because he's seven and a half feet tall. He's ridiculously large. But he's a good actor and he, he worked with his coach before that, and we loved working together because he was all the way in, and as was I. And um, yeah. so were everyone on that set. But at the same time, when the day was done, we were at delirium state, so we all were just laughing our heads off. But it was wonderful. It was really great. Yeah. So we talked about Coffin 2. Let's talk a little bit about Blue. Now, Blue is one that, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, has some intrigue for me because it has a similar concept in, at least in the description, to a, a science fiction story I've been working on. And this is about a mysterious young man who has a rare blood disease that colors his skin blue. Yeah. And he meets a young woman who accepts him in a way that, in a small town, that other people really haven't. It was directed by Charles, mm-hmm. and you and Charles wrote it, and then you worked with Kenny Johnson. I know Kenny from a number of Yeah, things. he's on SWAT Drew, right now, Con- and Bates. Yeah, he is. That's right. He's on SWAT, which is a great show. Yeah. And Drew Connick. Yes. And, and, uh, Kelly McGillis. You were the female lead. And Kelly McGillis. And Sean right, Bridgers, so. who, from Deadwood and Room, who is wonderful. I met Sean through John Hawks, a friend of ours. And he wrecked, John couldn't do it. He was filming something else, I think Everest. He was supposed to. And Dale died. Dale and died. Dale, I just saw Dale die. oh my gosh. Oh my God, Dale dies. What I've always wanted to meet. Dale him, he is like such a cool guy. awesome. <laughs> is he? Dale is a hoot. I love him so much. Talk about holding court and keeping everyone laughing on long, you know, indie hours. He's the best. So yeah, that was an incredible cast and an incredible story. I'm. To say I'm proud of that film is an understatement. I I feel like, I mean, it's not a perfect film, but I feel like it's as close to what, with that budget that you can hope for with that cast and that, it was just, I don't know. Well, you won the Orlando, you won the Best Picture at, yeah. Best Picture at Orlando Film Festival, right? We did, we did. We, Congratulations, thank, yeah, that's great. Thank you, thank you. I, you know, well, yeah, prizes, I guess, are great as far as just getting people the word out there, but the, the film for me, um, it's based on a true uh, genetic disorder that can be cured now, since the 1950s, where their blood oxygenates in a different way, but really, um, it's an allegory, you know, for racism and homophobia, all kind of in this sweet little love story, and she's dealing with some really dark issues at home with her dad who Kenny plays amazingly and um, because he plays it so multi-layered and conflicted he doesn't just play him as you know a generalized drunk alcoholic abusive father he plays him as a human 
and I think everyone in this cast was incredible. The whole thing, I just, um, I don't know what to say about it. It is just one of those stories, like a Capra film, that everyone who's ever felt different or been different can relate to, and the idea that if you meet one person, that love can change your life, and hopefully you can save each other in a way. I don't know. I'm hopeful, romantic. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that stuff too. I do. Yeah. I like the, yeah. Yeah, and I and it's it's one of the beautiful things about um, what we do in art is we can live that story sometimes. Yeah. Real life, it isn't always so easy to live that story, but you sure can in your <sighs> storytelling, which is nice. Yes. Well, it's a simple film, and it doesn't end exactly all tied up in a perfect ribbon. It really is a human story that. Sure. I'd have to, you know, I don't want to give it away again, but it, it's a conflicted ending, you know, which life is sometimes doesn't work out perfectly, but we do get some beautiful, beautiful moments. And sure. yeah. Well, and so where can we, I'm going to let you talk a little bit more about some of these other things, but okay. these are all available on Amazon and stuff too, yeah. right? I mean, you, we're, we can see... Where can people find them? They, I want to make sure people can see them. Um, they're, they're out there, right? Blue is on Amazon and iTunes. Yeah, you can rent it. And um, Coffin 2 is on Redbox. It's been very successful. I think they're selling it now. They're renting and selling it. It's been out. I think it's sold out a couple places in the country. And um, Very cool. Yeah, that is cool. The Last Rampage uh, with Robert Patrick and Heather Graham was at the theaters and... I think is now also on DVD and for rent. Oh, that's right. I didn't even look at that. That's okay. Heather, Heather Graham, I yeah. forgot about that. No, I, I just love those have guys. a, a And Bruce Davison, yeah. I mean, what a great cast. It is a good cast. I mean, it's an I action film. Patrick. It's based on a true story. Robert Patrick's brilliant. It's like a tour de force uh, performance from Robert that I think one like no one's ever seen. He helped produce it. He he really oversaw that film as as a vehicle for himself and was brilliant in it and wonderful to work. John Heard too, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before he passed, well, that's I great. know. Yeah. I know. I only have a couple of scenes, but they are with Robert and they're quite pivotal. And I don't want to. <laughs> it's hard because no, everything. Cool. I mean, like it's... I don't want to give it away. So. Last Rampage is a uh, if a true story of an infamous prison break. Yes. And that's what that's what it's about. Gary Tyson. Who, mm-hmm. who wonder? Yeah. yeah. And um, and that's who uh, Robert Patrick plays. Yeah. You know, actually, I wrote an official X Files story, so oh, I wow. am especially a fan of Robert Robert. Patrick. Oh that's yes. Kind of my and I love Scorpion too, but you know. Terminator. Anyway, and Terminator. Yes. Yes, I'm trying to work on a Terminator project. We'll see if it happens. Oh, that's but anyway. awesome. So it's it's cool that you sci-fi. have that connection anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then you have coming up Reaper's Shadow and then we already talked about a doll's house and you have Geronimo's Curse. You wanna tell us about little about it? can you tell us about either of those? Um which I'm sorry, what was the other thing you said? Reaper's Shadow and Geronimo's Curse, right? Don't you have Ger- those coming up? No, I don't know Geronimo's Curse. Oh, that's one of those IMDB things. Okay. What? Reaper Shadow. <laughs> I, I, I am IMDb oh has you my... in pre-production on three movies: *Geronimo's Curse*, wow. *A Doll's House*, and *Reaper's Shadow*. Oh. You're busy. You don't even know how busy you are, Michelle. <laughs> I'm so busy. Um... <laughs> oh no, no. You know what? 
okay, it's been retitled. That was called The Reservation, and I am, I am the lead female role. And now it's clicking. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you were the first person that's told me it's, been, it's called Geronimo's Curse now. So that is true. Yes, I filmed that in March, but it was, it was retitled. And I, didn't, oh. and I didn't know it was up on IMDb. That is how infrequently I, I check on myself. And that's a story about an adventure to find a priceless artifact. It right? is, yes. So, uh, like the relic, very similar. So we go into. Um, I'm a young student, an archaeology student, and um, it's a group of people. And it's the idea that uh, under certain circumstances, your real humanity comes out good or evil. You know, when you find something that possesses you, passion, anything in life, you you see people change into, I think, basically their true humanity comes out. So that's very inter interesting to me. Or, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. interesting, if you pronounce it like where I'm from. <laughs> like where you're from. There's the Texas girl that's coming out. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, y'all. Yeah, y'all. Yeah. Cool. Well, no, I, I think one of the things about, and that's like, that kind of parallels the acting life, I think, in a lot of ways, or the artist's life, for sure is that putting yourself in these different uh, challenging situations brings out interesting parts of you, and that's kind of what the story's about, right. in a way. You know? Right, you know? and uh, it does. Yes, absolutely. Because, well, we're asked to do some crazy things, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is a pretty mad kind of world to decide, I'm someone else. Like, who does that? There are some moments I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> but well, it's you know, especially if you're if you're a happy, healthy person, it's like, why do you want to be somebody else? You yeah. Know? If your if your life is really messed up and dreary, then maybe there's you can understand yeah. it better. But. Well, I always say, you know what, <laughs> Gina Rollins, um, I've been trying to watch a lot of classic films lately, and uh, I watched some interviews because I'm interested in people who made film before and, and their challenges. And her and Cassavetes, of course, were two of the first indie filmmakers. And um, she was saying she was a reader as well, like myself, and she realized there were so many more worlds out there through reading. And as an actor, you know, she got to live a variety of lives and, uh, lives and how interesting that was to her. And I think that's what interested me too, was the fact that, gosh, to live one life for me now would just be pretty boring. I always say I'm pretty boring. <laughs> my, char well, I mean, my characters are interesting me. I don't know, but well, that's why you're a method actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you become more interesting. Yes, oh no, exactly. no, come see me when I'm at work. I'm much more interesting. Yeah, the more, I'm a horribly boring person in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. Well, and, and I can't resist asking about Reefer Shadow because it looks like it's another Charles thing. It's a science fiction post-apocalypse. Yes, well, he was asked to direct actually after I was cast in the lead. They, they had a director in London and the director dropped out. And I said, because I'm very comfortable working, obviously, with Charles, he's directed me in theater and, and in a couple of films. I suggested yeah. him. And the producers liked him a lot. They watched Blue, and in fact, one of the producers runs a film festival in London and had Blue open the festival and was a fan of his work. So, um, yeah, Celeste Baker is... But this is not something we wrote or anything. I was hired 
as an actress before. Yeah, actually, it's by a guy named Joseph Soltero. Yeah, Joe, so, yeah. So, so um, uh, it's a great character. Oh, Celeste is an incredible character. It's in a post-apocalyptic world, and she's been kind of like Handmaid's Tale. She's, she's been a group of women that have been enslaved, but they've also been trained to work for this, you know, what's become the evil government in, in post-apocalyptic London, which I studied there and I got my first agent in London. I thought I was just going to stay there. I was, I was working all the time. I had no idea that I'd end up in L.A. And um, so... And you're a Texas girl in London. I mean, who the heck wants to leave, right? <laughs> obviously nuts. Yeah. So... Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's my favorite city in the world. I love. London, I love so. London as well. I do, and I'm there probably as much as I'm here. So I, I Celeste appealed to me because she is not a beautiful character. She's not a friendly character. She's like nothing I've ever played before. She's um, it's brutal, and uh, it's kind of a run, Lola, run. She's she's just a really, you know, gritty, gritty girl. And so I, I liked it. I just thought, I want to try that. You know, I read it and I thought, what an interesting thing to offer me the role after seeing Blue, because I play such a, in Blue, she's such an empathetic, kind, pure, very, very simple, simple girl. And, um, but in London, I, I think they see actors differently there. They really look at it like, if you're a good actor, you're a good actor. They don't think about it as, can she play this? if she hasn't done it before. And in L.A., sometimes we get into this like, oh, okay, she's the girl next door. And, um, yeah. So, well, that's an interesting perspective because what I was going to ask you about was, I mean, if you thought that you've obviously, you know, you've been doing this for, for, for a bit. Yeah. And 15 years, technically, <laughs> you count the theater. Right, days. yeah. But, you you know, here you are. You are successfully making films. You've both produced, written, and acted, and you've done it multiple times. Um, I mean, do you think there's more opportunities for women and good roles these days? I, mean, <laughs> I thought you were saying, are that... there more opportunities? I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to work again. <laughs> well, I mean, Every I know, job, I I know think that. Is my last. I, well, yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. We all know that feeling as freelancers, so I get that. But I guess what I was saying is, do you think in some ways that uh, the the attitude you're talking about in the way things are in London, they're, they're, they're different places to work that yeah. have different attitudes like about w women's roles in, in, in these things and the opportunities is that something you've encountered? I do think it's changing. I think it's changing rapidly and I think there are so many different opportunities period for actors because we have digital on demand we have and it's the playing field is evening up you know so sure. I, there's just a lot more work out there and I think for women too women are not as scared of saying Used to, you didn't really want to be. I, I wouldn't talk a lot about having written something or helped produce it. I was like, mostly focused on being an actor because that really is how I see myself. And the other, right, the other right. work was, to be quite honest, either a story I was very interested in or to create more work for myself because I want to work. And um, I think women are not scared of creating their own work anymore and saying, I did this and I wanted to tell this story. And so you're gonna have very different perspectives on female stories. Or you have someone, um, some women who are just like, 
I'm making action films, and there are a lot of women making horror films now, and genre films. Right. And I think, yeah, it's opening up a lot. Well, and that's good. I mean, I hear everybody talk about Wonder Woman and how big that is, and I know it's big in a lot of ways because, for especially for women directors, it does it does prove a point about how much money a, mm-hmm. movies can make that women are majorly involved. Or Catherine with Bigelow, and it's yeah, star- starring a woman, yeah, and all that. It's stuff. still rare. But I think I do. I think about Gail Ann Hurd. I think about Catherine Bigelow. Uh-huh. I think about a lot of different people that I know of uh, from my film school days that that have been around doing this for a long time, and certainly, you know, I've seen from the inside the battles that women go through not only from the the negative side the things like the Harvey Weinstein Institute yeah. and you know and the casting couch thing which we're not going to get which into we're not going to talk you know, about <laughs> well not not in not in depth but you know there's yeah. there's that ugly side we should acknowledge that there is that ugly side there but is. at the same time you know i think um, it's great to hear you say that there are different opportunities and it's interesting to hear you say uh, that that things are looked at a little differently in, in across the ocean as well yes. because I think uh, obviously culturally you know when people think about filmmaking they, they kind of forget about the UK and some other places even India and the places that have these big film industries they almost always think about Hollywood because we so dominate the landscape <laughs> right so that's when when people talk about opportunities to kind of think about uh, when i think about theater i'm more likely to think about new york and london than i am when i think about film right uh and that's just just my own ignorance probably but uh but it's good to hear you say that so when you said that about london that's where i where i started wondering yeah um, well and also women uh and girls are like i'm at that point in my life where i'm like am i a girl am i a woman where am i <laughs> right <laughs> So I, I, I often like, Who am I'm I? a woman, I'm a girl, I'm a woman. It depends on the day, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I think we all feel like that. Not a, a woman or a girl, but we all feel different ages on different days. Like, but, Well, I have my mother. Oh, yeah, we all do. So we're, we're, all, we're all kids but at heart. But, yeah, so um, and that's a good thing about acting, too. You get to stay a kid for a long time and being a creative person you get to yeah, live you in can exercise that part of yourself and play yeah. and i think that keeps you healthy don't you yeah i do yes i, I completely but I, I do believe that the thing that people are doing now women and men and everyone in the industry is saying you know what i'm not going to wait around i'm going to if i want to see that i'm going to create that and it's opening up um i am creating a project that i'm thinking my friends are talking me into it day by day, into directing, and um, I've never thought about that before. I really didn't have the desire to be the director. I've seen what that job entails, and you know, it's like juggling cats. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds easier than oh, it is. Oh, a lot no, easier. I, I, have, <laughs> I have cats. Trust me, I'm one of those Jane Austen nerdy cat girls. So, you know, um, I never wanted the job. (laughs) Right, right, right. But then I I pitched it, of course, to Charles, because, you know, he's my first go-to director, and uh, another friend of mine who's a director, and they said, Michelle, this is your vision. And I started realizing, hey, this is my vision. Then I tried to recast myself. And they said, that would be the stupidest thing you ever did. Because who knows the character better than you? And you're the director. You're going to be like, you got that in one take. Move on. <laughs> Shut up, well, Michelle. Is, you don't and, get and another you know, take. It, it, I think it will. Well, don't you think it'll be interesting to be a method actress directing yourself? I can't. Because I, don't know how, I don't know what the answer to that is. I think after this, yeah. the method thing may have to go out the window. You know, I mean, I don't. 
or I'm schizophrenic. I have no idea. But yeah, so... Well, depending on the character, because if you're going to direct people, you don't want to piss them off. She's not well. That's a good part of this character. I did write someone who is uniquely not well. So, hey, Brian, that's great. That's that's how I'll approach it. (laughs) Did we solve the problem? We did. Hey, all right. We did it. Yay! I'm glad we were, I'm glad I could help you in some way. Well, you hey, did. you know, but the last question I wanted to ask you before we uh, uh, go is is just you know, one of the things I believe yes. in my career is that you kind of have to make opportunity. You can't just sit around and wait. Yeah. for Yeah. I think you're kind of one of those people that does the same thing. When you when you would if you would talk to up and coming people or people who want to go in the career path that you're in, what would you tell them today? What would be your best advice? Um. Can you do anything else? do that no <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god you get that from your parents <laughs> no i'm joking really it's the best thing in the world that was just a joke um if you love it you will find a way i mean i know that sounds very pollyanna and i am kind of you know on social media the glinda the good witch of of indie film but i do believe that if you're passionate enough about something and you and you love it, you will find your way. It may not be the way you think it's supposed to happen, you know, the standard check this box and then you go here and then you go to this casting workshop and then you get cast and then you're on a CW show and then you're on this. It, it may not happen that way. Um, and I think, thank goodness if it doesn't, because there's so much more opportunity when you're able to think outside the box. And I don't even know if I... Sure. I mean, I really am working enough to not have to create uh, this work anymore. I just love it. And I can't shut my brain off. So I could take a break. I could take a vacation. But instead, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make something else. <laughs> That's how much I love it. If you love it that much, you can't do anything else. You will, you will find a way. And if I can do it, anybody can because... That's the other thing I would tell people starting out, is I had no connections. And um, in a way, some days when I feel down or depressed or feel like I don't want to go on, you know, for whatever reason, this business can offer that to you in different ways. Um, Even when you're working a lot, you can still feel that way. I always think I want to continue. So for other girls who maybe didn't get in it, when they were four years old, didn't have a stage mom, or didn't, or aren't somebody's daughter, that they can do this to prove, you know, I'm not the martyr or anything, but you know, I just, I want to show, them, no, no. I guess I just want to show them that it can be done. And Sure. Well, and I came up from a small town too, yeah. so I can relate to that. I didn't know anybody either, yes. you know, and I, everybody thought I was crazy when I talked oh, about yeah. wanting to do it when I was a small town in Kansas. And now I go back to reunions and they're all like, holy crap, he actually did it, you know. <laughs> that's that's what TVLT, yeah. my first at drama school, they could say, Dorothy, you're not in Kansas anymore. That's right. <laughs> and I actually, I'm in Kansas while I'm talking to you right oh, now, ironically. But yeah. That's awesome. I am in Kansas anymore. Uh, but for a moment, Kansas is talking great. to you, I felt like I wasn't in Kansas anymore. I would switch with you. <laughs> I would go to Kansas right now. I think that's the you're best. Out, you're out in L.A. right now, I assume. I am. And, and I'm yeah. looking at the Hollywood Hills, and I, I think they might be on fire. So I might be in Kansas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It's safe. Come over. Yeah. Come on go over. Go to Kansas, Dorothy. Yeah. Go yeah. to Kansas. There you okay. go. 
Well, hey, thanks for making time to oh, chat with you're us, so Michelle. Welcome. I really enjoyed it. It's been fun to get to know you and to hear about your career. And um, before you go, obviously, tell us where, you know, well, I didn't ask where those last, when are those last two movies going to come out? Do we know anything yet? Oh, the, the two, the one I'm filming in March and Reaper Shadow? Yeah. The, the, I don't know. Yeah, I'm... The, doll, the Doll's House Reaper and the, yes. other, the one with the So, well, you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel so embarrassed and I'm going to have to apologize to the director. No, no, no. It's okay. It's uh, my, I, I was reading it off the. No, IMDb. no, it's, it's not, not your fault. fault it's all. not your fault. It's, it's mine for not googling myself all the time but yeah <laughs> <laughs> my god how can you not be self-obsessed and be an actress <laughs> what was i thinking i was like i was like eating yogurt and reading a book and petting my cat but um yeah so uh those films will be shot in the next uh, year which the films it's so weird because the films that are out now the three movies i i have out now in the tv show that's going to be announced in january I did those all last year. So these I'll be doing this year and probably won't be out till the following year. So it'll just be when the production or the distributors decide it's the time for them to be out. Right, right, right. I just okay. do my best job. So and we'll look for them and, uh, and wish you continued success. Where can we find you, you in the meantime online and various places to follow your career, interact with you, learn from you, all that stuff? Well, obviously not IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i gotta write in i gotta give them my real like no kidding wow right? yeah. this is i'm like <laughs> who is this this michelle martin is a lot more interesting than me um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i'm on twitter uh michelle only one l no coffee cups no stationery all lowercase underscore martin uh okay yeah and then on Instagram, see, I never look at my own address. I think I'm the Michelle Martin. I just got on Instagram a few months ago, so uh, it's usually just indie film stuff, kindness quotes, and my cat. <laughs> kindness quotes and your cat. That's funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good lord. And, 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 and are you on Facebook at all, too? Do you have a Facebook page? Uh, I have a fan page, but again, gosh knows what that says. I better go check on all this. Now okay, you have me so thinking. The, I have to... Right. That's not the place to go find and interact, interact with you. I got you. Well, hey, um, congrats on all your all your success. Thank you. Congrats on kind of paving your own path. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, being part of the future of Hollywood, because you really are one of the, the movers and shakers oh, wow. in a way. I mean, whether, whether your films are... Are, are huge or not you're working with huge people and your day will come i'm sure <laughs> and all all the same you've had you've had some successes thank you. and uh so congratulations thank you very and much thanks, thanks thanks for being part of genre talk and um and and a great 2018 to us all well, thank you to you too and we will we will send you a link when the time comes to show. thank you so much it was wonderful questions or comments find us on facebook at genre talk podcast this is genre talk So, what do you think of that? Michelle was kind of fun, huh? Yeah, very interesting. It's funny to hear her talk about the whole method thing, because I remember when I, I was in uh, film school and in theater school, I was always, the method people were always a little weird. Um, I had a lot of fun with her, though. But, you know, the whole method thing, 
you know, where people are just totally the character and they don't ever break. It's kind of, it can be really difficult for people to work with. Uh, but she talks about that. And how hard it is as a woman to sometimes be method. Because people don't expect you to be in character. They, they want you to take a certain role because you're a woman. So it was kind of interesting to hear her talk about that. That, uh, yeah, yeah. It kind of reflects the whole Hollywood thing we've been seeing. You can find Michelle, she's very active on Twitter, Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E underscore Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N at Twitter, is her, that's the best place to find her. Um, I don't think she, there's a Facebook page that somebody created for her, but I don't think she's very active on Facebook, at least not that I found at this point, um, but she says she does Instagram. You can find her there. Um, and then, of course, you can find her on TV. And sometime right around the time this episode comes on, she's going to be able to announce a, a big TV show guest star appearance that she did, but she wasn't allowed to tell me yet when we did the interview. So hopefully that will be uh, coming out, and I can maybe put that in the show notes. Whatever the case, Michelle was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I am a... Uh, uh... Awesome interview, Ryan. Thank you again for covering for me. I'm totally going to go check out Blue uh, and see some of her work. You know, the uh, <laughs> it looks it looks very uh, different, to say the least. Yeah, it really <laughs> is kind of different and uh, an interesting story. It, uh, the funny thing about Blue was that Blue, as I told her, was that there's a story I've been working on in science fiction where somebody turns blue. And there are a couple of different reasons why. And she had a completely different medical reason that explained it. Um, so it was kind of cool. Um, but it's one of those kind of, uh, offbeat things that is a unique love story. And, yeah. uh, so yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And you know, you guys can check out Coffin 2 on Redbox. I did watch it. It's, it's not as horrible as one might suspect. Not to badmouth Michelle, but some people look at these things and they say, oh, that sounds like a cheesy horror flick. It wasn't cheesy. I, I thought it was pretty well done overall. And it, it's about a group of people that basically get imprisoned together. One of them is a past serial killer, and there's a cop and a bunch of people. And um, actually, it, uh, it Michelle is one of the characters who's the most hysterical of those captured. And it uh, most hysterical in the sense of being like totally freaked out, not in the sense of being funny. Although there are some humorous comments and dialogue, of course. But yeah, I actually thought it was pretty good. So, and several of her movies are available on Amazon for streaming. Yeah. Anyway, uh, go. Uh, I like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to watching Blue. I'll I'll probably eventually check out Coffin too because I do enjoy my cheese horror. Uh, you know, whether it is cheesy or not, I it's it's something I I enjoy actually. <laughs> I look for yeah. I look for non-blockbuster horror as kind of a, a thing. I have a whole huge shelf of DVDs. So, <laughs> well, Michelle, I can tell you, she has a lot of range, and I think she's one of those people that's a, you know she's she's not waiting for it to happen. She's making it happen. So I think you're going to see a lot more of her in the future, and certainly you'll enjoy seeing what she's done now. She's awesome. certainly worked with an incredible group of people. Yeah, she really has. I you know I some of the people she's worked with uh you know ben kingsley very cool julian sands that that that's huge i mean i grew up i was a huge fan of julian sands uh ever from the time of like uh boxing helena yeah she's worked with him multiple times in fact so um so it's very cool anyway for those of you who are up and comers in hollywood women or men this is somebody to listen to and to listen to their journey and it may echo your own i hope it does because 
She's definitely going places. Indeed. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, anything? Have we got anything else there, Brian? Nope. We'll see you all in a couple weeks. See you in a few weeks, and hopefully I'll be better and actually back into uh, jumping in with the occasional bit here and there in the interviews. Cool. This is Gunner Talk. Genre Talk was hosted by Brian Thomas Schmidt and Peter J. Wax. Mixed and edited by Randy Strew for A Flame in the Dark Productions. Theme music for Genre Talk was Your Guess Why by DJ Manifesto. Genre Talk is copyright 2017 to Peter J. Wax and Brian Thomas Schmidt.